a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Manna. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Manna, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys you'll meet on this podcast would consider themselves extraordinary, but their humble, holy way of living is exactly what makes them extra, and I am very excited for you to meet them. Today's guest is a true Renaissance man with interests and abilities ranging from fine art to fast motorcycles. He's a devoted husband, father, son, and most importantly for me, friend, and he's a heck of a sales guy to boot. Welcome to today's Man of Man, Mr. Steve Killen. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jeff. Good to be with you tonight. What do you think of the Man of Man thing? I'm still, I, I don't know, if, is that too corny or is that? Uh, no, it works for me. Does it? I like okay. it. Okay, all right, all right. Well, we'll go with it. In low are many, many episodes we've done now. So uh, so, so um, thank you for being here and thanks for being on, on, on the podcast. And, you know, there are, like all of our guests uh, on Man of there are so many aspects about you and the guys that are on the show, uh, that uh, so many things about you that I love, and so many things about your faith that I love, um, and excited for you to share with with all of our listeners. But one aspect uh, that stands out to me uh, about you, and and uh, it's something I've never met in anybody. But you have an ability. You're so psycho smart, and and historical, and just learned overall. You're very literate guy. And I don't even know if historical literacy is like a term. I don't even know if that's a thing, but if there, if it, if it is, you have it. And what I love about, about, about your faith is you, you are just as likely to, uh, in conversation, whether it's in business or in, in just, you know, chit chat, you're just as likely to like reference some like World War II fact or figure or, you know, did you know, as you are like a saint, you know? And, and I'm always like, God, that is so cool because, you know, part of the whole point of this whole podcast is to, is to talk about how men specifically are able to live a faithful life in a way that doesn't, you know, put people off as being too preachy or evangelical. And, 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 and that, to me, that's, that's, a, that's a very specific example of something that you do so well because it's, it's, it's like interesting. And the next thing you know, you're like talking about some saint, you know, which is, totally religious you know it's totally spiritual and evidence of your deep faith and so so anyway just to kind of kick us off i just i'd love to know like has that always been you know kind of a thing i mean you've obviously been been interested in history and reading and and is that has that been an an intentional thing for you or is that just natural and you just cite interesting things and if they happen to be religious or secular i mean How's, where, where, is that, where does that come from? Well, what a great introduction. I hope I sound literate tonight. <laughs> You've kind of built me up to that. <laughs> well, that's why we edit things. So. You know, it's interesting. I, uh, when I, um, and maybe we'll talk later about my upbringing in, in the faith, but when I went off to college and I really wanted to study fine art, I found the history of art to be a particular area of interest for me. And, and if you study the history of art, you're going to study about people and about the progression of faith, and about icons and images and, and texts and places. And, and so it became uh, a curiosity for me to try to intermingle, if you will, 
my faith with the faith of the past and, and kind of the journey of people to understand their faith and, and to help them to celebrate their faith uh, through the Mass or through uh, images in churches and along the roadsides. And, and, and so that's where I think. And I never thought I'd go to Europe ever as a young man. And, and then in my, my first job, I was offered a job in Germany. And that kind of brought everything together, all of my studies uh, in the history of art, uh, along with the history of Western Europe. And I think that's where I, uh, through getting to know the German people and the French people, I developed an interest in, in their history and in the world wars. And, and so uh, I do love and I have a curiosity for learning more about, uh, about the war times and about the history of, of Western Europe. And, and faith is all you know, entangled yeah, in that. Yeah, well, and that's what I was. I, I, I was not a great history <clears throat> student at all. And I feel like history is one of those topics that really they should save for all of us until we hit like at least our thirties, you know, because, you know, it's one of those things I don't think as a 16 year old, you can ever really appreciate history because you don't have much of it at all. But what I appreciate about, you know, history and, 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 and civilizations and, and is that it feels like faith and life were much more integrated, you know, back in the day, you know, than, than I feel like today, and this isn't meant to be some political commentary at all, but I just feel like we're, we're a much more sort of like secularized, almost bifurcated society where like we talk about faith in a certain way and, and, and with certain people and in certain situations. And then we talk about the rest of the world, you know, in certain ways. Whereas in the past, and, and, and I think, this is why I'm hearing why it came so naturally to you is that as you're studying art history or you're studying world history, in that time, people's faith lives were, they were almost inextractable to the actual history going on. You know what I mean? The, the art that we had was, it was church art, you know? I, and, and I don't know, I just, I, I, I wonder if, if, if it was almost easier to sort of not only learn about, but, but live that more sort of integrated life back then, you know. I don't yeah, know. sure. I'm, I'm, and I'm, and I'm sure it, it was. If you go back to the to the Greeks, it was all about the society, and then when we got to the Renaissance, it became about the person and the human in the human side of of things. And and I think that's where the explosion of art and church art really uh, kind of made its home in the church. And people who weren't literate could learn about the faith by looking at stained glass or about statuary or paintings yeah. and, and kind of start to identify with saints through the common images uh, that you'd see around. And, and so for me, uh, studying something I loved was also introducing me to saints and introducing me to my faith journey. Yeah, that's cool. Well, so let's, let's talk about maybe what even preceded that then. So, you know, you mentioned your upbringing. What was, what was it like growing up in, in, uh, you grew up in, uh, Owatonna, Minnesota. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, what, what, what kind of describe like, what was the killing family household and that, that kind of vibe? Back well, then? I would say it was not intense. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was kind of, it was Catholicism 1.0. Uh, dad, uh, is a convert, uh, from, uh, sort of an agnostic upbringing. Um, mom was considering uh, uh, being a nun when they met on a blind date. And, and so 
Growing up in Owatonna, it was all about uh, Sunday at St. Joseph's Catholic Church. It just wasn't even a question. We were going. We enjoyed it. We were second row right by the, uh, right by the Ambo, <laughs> and uh, that's still where we sit when we go there. Isn't that funny uh, about churches? Like, it like is. Everyone's got their zone. Even yeah. when you move to churches, like a new yeah. church, like, all right, where are we going to be? You know? But you know what was interesting is, is uh, it's, it's a church. It's a beautiful church. Uh, Italianate church uh, that has uh, that has an archway uh, over the altar that that says in Latin, uh, "Be faithful to me until death, and I will give you the crown of life." And I I remember just looking at that, looking up at that, and and then seeing uh, you know in the nave uh, the image of the images of saints and and uh, and of Christ and lambs and deer and. And and for me, it was just a curiosity. Like, why is it all this way? And and so, even though our um, faith practice was fairly simple, it was grace before meals. Uh, we maybe said some prayers before bedtime, uh, and then church on Sundays and holy days. I don't ever remember praying the rosary or staying late to do the Stations of the Cross or uh, adoration of the Blessed Eucharist, uh, but. I always, and I think probably because my dad's an artist, I had a keen awareness of art, and mom runs his art business, and and so the statuary and the beautiful paintings and and even that Latin inscription uh, over the top just kind of kept me close and curious about uh, about the faith. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you know, and maybe? Happen when you know you get into school and you're studying art, and like like you were saying, you're surrounded by even more inspiration. You're traveling. Was was there? Um, uh, and growing up, so I grew up Lutheran, so we didn't talk about being born again. That was that was way too evangelical for 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 the for the casserole crowd. But did you did you experience any kind of um, you know uh, event or moment throughout your you know when you got into more Kind of your young adult life or whatever, where because you do you you do have such a, uh, a a humble but yet very strong. It's like that. What's that um that saying? Still, still waters run deep or something like that. I mean, you can tell you you have your essence. You can tell it runs deep. Your faith runs deep. Did 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 as you look back, you know, on your very long life because you're very old. Um, <laughs> is that? Was it just a gradual kind of a thing, almost like a you know water just kind of seeping down and it just keeps seeping, or was there a moment where you feel like you know what, it was always it sounds like it was always there, which is awesome, but was there a thing where you're like you know what that kind of was a corner that turned and you know either you got more intentional about it or whatever or, or what was what, what was that? that that's like? a great question. Uh, grow again, growing up, uh, there were there were these. And metanoia is the Greek word that I'm thinking of, which is kind of a wholesale change of heart, uh, especially from a spiritual perspective. And and there may have been one, but it was at first it was gradual. It was Monsignor Ty, and it was Father Hayden, and and just just some good examples of solid priests who would connect with me in in some simple way. And I go, hmm, that's pretty cool. But then and. I'm going to say some things that if anybody who knows me is listening, they're going to go, no, really? But, uh, <laughs> but I get to say it anyway. Exactly. Uh, we don't have, the, the lines aren't open, so you can't call. Good, no call you. No, no. <laughs> uh, 
my dad has uh, has made about 42 retreats at a Jesuit retreat house uh, in Stillwater, Minnesota, called DeMontreville. And he invited me to go on a retreat with him uh, when I was about a junior in high school. And it was my first retreat, and I'll never forget, it was a Jesuit a retreat master by the name of J.J. Uh, O'Leary, uh, who still lives in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But I feel that there was a metanoia at that point, that there was something very deep going on in the silence of DeMontreville. And it was a game changer for me. And, and I made 12 retreats uh, from then until uh, 1998, and each with different retreat masters. I don't think I ever repeated with J.J. O'Leary. But, um, and this is that part where people would go, and I doubt that he's telling the truth, but... <laughs> Really, from junior in high school till junior in college, I really thought, am I going to be a priest? I'm looking for a sign. Yeah. And I I even remember uh, Bishop Fitzsimmons, uh, who was Bishop of Salina, Kansas. At one point, he was at Christ the King in Kansas City, and I I went there for Mass. And I was praying there, like, I want a sign. Like, I want to know what to do in my life. And and he grabbed me by the arm and said, you know, the priesthood needs good men like you. And I thought, nope, that's not it. <laughs> that's not the sign. Give me another one. That's not the sign. I, I need something more direct. <laughs> but, but I really do think just through, and, and, and dad was never pushy about his faith. He's still not pushy about his faith. And, and, uh, but introducing me to uh, the Jesuit, the Ignatian retreat house, uh, I think served as a way to deepen my faith and to actually turn a corner. <clears throat> That's cool. How how do you, aside from just you know kind of these, you know historical references and just and even knowing onomatopoeia or whatever that word was, <laughs> which is awesome. That's that's exactly what I mean. Do you, how intentional are you? Because again, you've got such a graceful, understated just way of just being and people knowing. Like, you, no, I, don't, I don't think, you know, uh, because I happen to know where you work. Uh, I don't think it, it, people that, that work with you every day would, would necessarily, they certainly would never classify you as like, God, he's just, he's just a Jesus freak. That's all he does. You know, I mean, you're not that guy. Uh, and yet, and yet it's evident that you are that guy. And so, are there other ways that you are intentional about, you know, just making sure people kind of know where you are? Or is it just kind of a, it's been such a natural thing for so many years and through all these different influences. Do you feel like it's just sort of, it's like an essence, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, I can't, I don't wake up every morning and say, you know, I'm going to have brown hair today. It's like, I just have it. And so is it more that, or, or are there things that you, that you try to do to say, you know, I'm just going to, Going to kind of be intentional about this, not pushy at all, but uh, but just to make sure people kind of know who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't shy away from the conversation. First of all, I better go on record as saying I'm I'm a sinner and I'm not perfect. And and, 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 <laughs> and nobody, other, yeah, that's and, the other qualification for being on this podcast. Yeah, and, <laughs> and nobody would would think I am a Jesus freak. In fact, they might you know think you know like no way, but. Uh, <laughs> I, what I really try to do is, is uh, whether I agree with a person's actions or, or what a person is saying or who a person is, uh, I, I do try to look past their skin 
and, and, and notice in them that they're on the same journey I am with the same kind of doubts and fears and, and the same end, uh, you know, yeah. uh, to, uh, to paradise or uh, to eternal life. And so I, I think whether it's in my sales life or my work life, uh, even though I may disagree, I may argue with people, uh, I do also try to look into their eyes and past their skin and kind of say, you know, they're equally loved by God. Mm-hmm. And, and let me just spend a little bit of time getting to know them and to let them know that they matter to me and that I really do care about what they have to say or, and so I spend, and maybe it seems at times like um, I should be working harder because I'm spending time talking, but I also think it, it's good to, to meet people where they are and not to be overt about faith or about talking about it, but also not to shy away from it. If, if something comes up about, uh, you know, about life or about yeah. faith. So true. I remember this is years ago, and this is about you, not about me, but when you talk about, you know, kind of being open or, or aware of those invitations to, to say something, or I remember this is years ago and I was just thinking, you know, I should probably, I should do, I should do a better job of, you know, talking about God. Like it, when there's the opportunity that it comes up, you know, and I remember this is years ago, I was on an elevator and I, the, former place I worked, there were 10 floors, okay, and we're on the 10th floor. End of the day, getting on the elevator on the 10th floor, and one of the other, uh, a gal that, that worked with us was was on the elevator with me, and we were the only two people in the elevator. And so it's like, I think it was must have been a Friday because I asked, oh, what's going on this weekend? And um, she was an older uh, woman, and she said, well, she said, unfortunately, I'm going back home to, to bury my father. And, she, and so she was old, Okay, already, and so her dad must have been, you know, whatever, 90, 95. And, and, and so we had all 10 floors, and typically, end, end of the day, uh, you know, on a Friday, and if you're on the 10th floor, you're going to stop a lot, you know, with everyone else leaving work, and, except for this elevator ride. We went all the way from the 10th floor, all the way down to the first floor. Not one stop, not one excuse to, like, interrupt this sort of moment where I was talking to Marge or whatever her name was, with this perfect opportunity to say something like, oh, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. Like, it would have been perfect. And like, and even if I would have botched it, nobody would have heard it except her. Like, we were the only people there. And sure enough, I let the whole ride go <laughs> all the way down to the first floor. Doors opened. And I was like, all right, well, have a good weekend, Marge. And that was it. And I just remember thinking, okay, gosh. Like I just I blew it. <laughs> like I'm so sorry, God. <laughs> like that would have been so perfect. But uh, but it, I think it I think it takes I don't know at least for me it takes it takes multiple opportunities. You know because you're gonna miss some, and then and then and then and then hopefully you you know that you missed it, so that the next time you 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 try not to. You know. But I think that it does still take courage, even in those moments. It's still, until you get comfortable doing it, I don't know. And it, I just think it has to be, there's a, there's a little bit of an art to it. You know? There's a little intention to it, isn't mm-hmm. there? I was at the wine store uh, that we can see out the window. I was at Total Wine last week, and there's a gentleman there named Pascal. Pascal's from France, and every time I'm in there, we speak French. And, and I asked him, how were your Christmas holidays? Didn't you go to Paris uh, over Christmas, and and he actually said, "Well, I actually went before Christmas," and and he told me the story about how his he got a phone call that his mother was going to die, and 
he got there on a Wednesday and she died in his arms on Thursday. And, mm-hmm. and I thought, I'm going to just stay right here. We were right by the cash registers and uh, it's challenging for me to speak French, but we stood there. Nobody else had any idea what we were talking about. And he told me a story about how he talked to her three times a day and how much he misses her, but how she was, you know, lived a good long life. And, and I just, I went away from there kind of feeling all the richer for it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Oh, just love that. All right. All right. Well, now we are, we're, we've, we've come to the um, exciting segment of, of, of the show, if you will. It's, and it's called, I don't have a, a better name for this yet, but this is called the fun segment. And so there's three parts of the fun, fun segment. And, so, and, and for those listening, <laughs> so basically everybody related to Steve or I, uh, the, 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 uh, here, here the, here's, the, uh, here's the deal with the fun segment. Everybody on everybody, every one of our guests on Mana knows these next three questions that I'm going to ask. And so, so if any uh, of our guests, including Steve today, if any of them try to fake some sort of like, oh, wow, that is a really good question. Hmm. I don't, they're completely lying or they're just completely unprepared because every single one of them has had these three questions to ruminate on and prepare some, some clever, uh, uh, and uh, enlightening kind of answer. So it doesn't have to be clever or enlightening. But here we are. So, uh, so until it's got a better name, here's fun segment number, <laughs> number one. <laughs> we should have like sound effects or something, you know, some kind of like drum roll or something. All right, so fun segment number one. Here's the question. If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow and wanted to just kind of hang out, what would you do with him? Huh. And you can't say that's a very and, and interesting you, question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> huh. Where'd you come up with that one? And you can't say yeah, I should have had this in the notes, but you can't say go to mass. Okay, mm-hmm. it's got it's got to be in the spirit of just hanging out. What are you going to do with Jesus? Good. You know, I uh, I wasn't going to say go to mass. <laughs> uh, I actually thought about a Christmas Carol, and and when uh, Ebenezer Scrooge is Scrooge is transported. Uh, by Christmas present or Christmas past or Christmas future, that's what I would actually want to do with Jesus. I would want to know, Jesus, where do you want me in the future? Like, I, we can't do a whole lot about the past, right? Uh, but where do you want me to spend my time, energy, and talents going forward? And maybe that's right in my home with my wife. Maybe it's with my kids. Maybe it's with my parents or with my friends, with you, Jeff. You know, maybe it's in a whole different career. But, uh, I would want I would want to spend time getting Jesus's insight on where I can make the biggest impact mm-hmm. with the oh. time that I have left. Yeah. All right. So not bowling. You're, you could ask him that. You could yeah. you could bowl we and could, ask him we, that. We could, could bowl. Hey, by the way, yeah. What should I do with my life? Okay. Cool. All right. Fun segment number two. <clears throat> if you could go to church with uh, with any other guy, okay. And on this one, uh, you can't say Jesus. But if you could go to church uh, with any other guy, living or dead, okay, mm-hmm. who would it be? I'm going to do this in a two-part fashion. <laughs> he has prepared. <laughs> yeah, I have prepared. Uh, I, I, I absolutely love going to church with my kids. Um, so now if they're listening, they've heard that, and I love that. And, and I always love going to church with them, which is rare. Uh, but the answer is St. Clopas. And St. Clopas uh, is one of the two uh, who Jesus met on the road to Emmaus. And, 
and uh, he and another disciple who isn't named, uh, you know, broke bread with Jesus, and 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 all the scriptures were opened up. And I want to go to mass with Clopas after that uh, revelation, uh, because I would think, and, and as they said, something like, "Weren't our hearts on fire?" As he told us about uh, the scriptures and unfolded all that, and how he, how he, you know, was referenced. Yeah. Uh, I, I just imagine that. Uh, it would be unlike anything else when uh, Jesus himself revealed to Clopas and the other dude uh, <laughs> that he is, in fact, uh, alive yeah, again. Yeah. And th- so I would think that'd be very exciting. Oh, that'd be the best. I, could, I, could, I wish that, 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 that scripture passed. That they, uh, I wish they read that every, every Sunday. I did, it's so, like, every time you hear it, you know, there's something more to pick up. And, and uh, like the other guy. Yeah, you know, like that could be a whole, you know, reflection and prayer just about you know who the other guy was. <laughs> you know, it just it was probably you. <laughs> okay, get away. Well, we've <laughs> talked about that scripture passage before. <laughs> we have, we have. Yes, we have. All right, finally, uh, fun segment number three, and it's right actually right at this time. I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, realizing that uh, I don't have a way to end this show. By the way, so uh, so this is fun segment number three, and then we're pretty much wrapped up. <laughs> So, uh, fun segment number three, um, and this is actually this is uh, this is uh, well, I like all all of our fun segments, but this is, this is a this is a good one and very apropos to to what Mana is intending to be. So, uh, question: If you had one piece of advice to give a young man about being comfortable in living his faith, what would that piece of advice be? Uh, that's a great question. Um, First of all, I believe faith is a gift. I, I think you've got to be given that. Um, and once you're given that and you recognize that you have faith and you're struggling with whether or not it's cool or whether or not you should embrace it or let it go, I think young men, young women, believe in something. And I can't think of anything more positive to believe in than faith in Jesus and his promise. And so, um, you know, we might believe in other things, media and television and music and, and, and other things that maybe aren't as good for us. <laughs> but, but I think it's, it's real men, real young people, women too, believe in something. And if you've been given the gift of faith, it has to be nurtured, it has to be exercised, just like your brain or your body and, and it's okay to believe. And, and there's no more positive message than believing in, in, in Christianity uh, because of the promise and because of the values by which you'll live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and I do think there is um, – it, 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 uh, I laugh sometimes. You know, we, we, we hear so much, uh, I think, uh, uh, sort of conflicting – it, it it set up as conflicting messages where we say oh, young people don't you know they don't go to church and they and the, it's the most secular you know whatever generation ever and yet it's the most sort of mission purpose filled like meaning starved and hungry generation ever and it's kind of like okay it's the same thing <laughs> it's kind of like it's belief it's belief and and I think. A lot of times, the challenge is is just in 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 helping young people feel okay about saying, "Yeah, I know what that is." Like, 
and like, that's God that, and Mm -hmm. just, it's okay to say that, you know, it's okay for that to be the belief, you know, it doesn't have to be an overly intellectualized or politicized set of beliefs or, or, or equation, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's been vetted and written up in journals. It can just be, like you say, it can be like, you're lucky enough to have been gifted with faith and that's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So. How many times do you hear somebody say, well, I don't get anything out of mass, you know, and that's probably the wrong way to go into it. You know, just be there. Right. And, right. you know, it's an expression of love uh, for other people and for our, our creator and just be, yep. and, and maybe something will resonate. Um, yeah. And sometimes it takes a long time and sometimes it never goes any further, but yeah. Just try to embrace the gift that you have. Well, and yeah, and being open and just, it's at, uh, I think it's in my, I've got it written down somewhere, you know, God's never asking, I'd rip this off, I didn't come up with this on my own. <laughs> All my best stuff is ripped off. But, you know, God's never asking you to answer a question uh, that he hasn't asked yet, you know. So so it's just, it's being present, it's being open. And, and then when the question does get asked, whether it's on an elevator on the 10th floor right. <laughs> or in a total wine store, it's just then being, being ready and being confident and, and, and answering. So, yeah, it's been great to be it's with you. It's been great. This Thanks is it. There's, this is, this is, uh, uh, this is a wrap. I can't thank you enough. It's been great. We could go on forever, but, uh, we've already gone on for a while. So until next time. Exactly. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.